Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Everybody, welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing all right. Yeah. Not hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a few too many to drink last night. And oddly enough, like we were going to buy an alcohol and my girlfriend's like, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get these gin smashed drinks because they look they, they sounded so enticing they're like mm-hmm. oh they've got like lemon or like citrusy flavors some mints carbonated not too much sugar i'm like oh this is great this sounds pretty good i'll look at this and uh she goes you know these things will fuck you up right i'm like no 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 i'll be fine and like by like three in i was feeling it i'm like <laughs> I don't know why these things are so deceptively uh intoxicating but they were so you know gin um- smashes uh, honestly, I I would I would recommend Wise. I, like I know like they're not sponsoring us and we're just giving like free plugs away right now. But Wise is like they're local BC, I believe, mm. uh, and they have like root beer, vanilla coke, um, cream soda, and like orange creamsicle. The orange Ooh. creamsicle is fucking amazing. It's so tasty, and I'm not like a big like. Um, well, it it has to taste really good for me to be into it. Like, there's yeah. that commercial yeah. going around now that is like, I don't think I like beer anymore. And I'm like, yes, because yeah. <laughs> beer has been a thing where it's like, it's like, oh well, you'll get an acquired taste to it. I'm like, what? My my tongue will die, and I'll I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Like, I I've never understand the terminology of oh, you just have to get used to it. Because I I mean, in 20 years plus of drinking, I have not gotten my beer tongue. No, really. Mm. So, like, it has to taste good for me to be into it, and I'm not really a big drinker anyway. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. I'd dress it up for me. Well, like, even like, if I do have a beer, I'll have like one of those like Hefeweizens, I think they're called, like the ones that are really mm-hmm. citrusy or like something that has some flavor to it. But yeah, know, I think they it's treated the same as coffee, which coffee I'm a little more accepting of. But it's like this idea of like you'll like it eventually. Like you might not mm-hmm. like it now, but drink enough. <laughs> you'll slowly uh come to the dark side so yeah i mean even for coffee you have to dress it up for me too i need sugar i need a good abundance of cream like it's like there's still there's still a curve to that as well so i don't know yeah and that has concluded drink talk i was gonna say you you need to dress up to enjoy on its own is aliens (laughs) (laughs) nice seg right (laughs) That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I, like a you, pro. You set that up so well. I was like, I, I, how can I not pay off on that? Uh, but yeah, we're here. Well, we're talking about two great movies over the next two episodes. But uh, this week we're talking aliens. And uh, if you if you don't like aliens, just just leave. Just go up. Yeah. Just, just go. <laughs> Unsubscribe and just just delete yourself I off just, the internet. I don't know how people can't love Aliens. It's just such a great movie. I would say near perfect. I'm probably yeah in a maybe small minority on that, but oh. it's it's a 
freaking awesome movie. I'm like, ha- uh, have you come across anybody that doesn't like it, or like I've come across people that maybe haven't seen it or they haven't seen it in a long time and they can't like get up into the excitement that I have for it because it's like a little further back in their memory. But I don't think I've come across a person who'd be like, oh yeah, Aliens, bad movie. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I think some people get feel like a little betrayed that it's not exactly the same as the first movie. But I think the thing is, is the first movie is so something you can only really do once. Like I don't think you could really do Ripley, you know, basically trying to escape slash survive one single alien forever. Like that's a setup mm-hmm. that only really works once, and then you have yeah. to raise the stakes. So to, for me, aliens always kind of made sense that like, yeah, she survived one alien. What do you do now? You give her more mm. aliens to have to fight against. Um, well, and it's the only action-driven uh, film in the franchise. Like, I, I yeah. there's kind of like a hybrid of it for um, Prometheus and Covenant, mm. but uh, nothing that was strictly like the action, the hoorah action that is Aliens. Well, I think like. Aliens is such a response to Alien in terms of, like, taking what's worked, kind of bringing in the ideas that work, but also bringing in some new ideas like the action, the idea that like, mm-hmm. there's more Marines, there's more aliens. Now the Alien franchise seems more dedicated to, let's just do more of the same. Like, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. let's harken back to Alien, and it's like, I think people want something refreshing, but still kind of having enough of that Alien DNA in there, but... Yeah, that's 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 a very long conversation. Maybe for another day, but uh, yeah, uh, aliens. Uh, the official summary of aliens: Ellen Ripley is sent back to the planet LV four twenty six to establish contact with a terraforming colony. Once there, she encounters the alien queen and her offspring, and has to fight them to survive. Yeah, that's, that, that's aliens. That's aliens. Only oh, you know, it doesn't mention Newt, who you know, pretty prominent character, or any of the. Uh-huh. Amazing uh, Marines in this, which is space Marines, and it it, you know the 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 Newt thing is kind of like as far as the franchise go goes, it's such a sore spot because it was such a great uh, this movie is such a great serviceable serviceable setup of like like a maternal like instinct for between for Ripley to Newt, Mm -hmm. and then once you move into uh, I mean the the polarizing uh, Alien Three. Mm-hmm. Um, there is just like offhandedly like yeah, Newt died and like all this stuff, and you're just oh, like really, yeah. really yeah. after all of you, after yeah, it just seems like such a such a bad takeaway. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying like after all the work they did to try and make the second one a, a continuation, I feel like mm-hmm. they work really well moving into each other. And then to just like have something like that happen off screen before the third yeah. one, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Yeah, but I, I won't I won't blame Fincher for Alien Three because we all we all know that a lot of it was kind of taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the director's cut strings it t- together a bit more. Like I I don't have as much hate for that third movie as a lot of people do mm-hmm. uh, because I do like a bunch of the elements in it. I do like it that that it went back to to a sci fi horror uh, stance. Uh, because I mean, Alien Resurrection would be straight up it, it, sci-fi fantasy. Like it's just that it takes away all the elements of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh yeah you just especially if you get into the the quadrilogy and all the special features and everything that's on it the original scope for alien 3 is freaking fascinating and it did include yeah. newt and it did include michael Bean and um yeah it's just it's kind of it's kind of sad uh, of all these things and all these huge franchises when you read the stories of things that we didn't get yeah and i feel like newt would have been such a good character to bring forward because of everything that she had been mm-hmm. through her relationship with ripley and everything like that yeah. even if you couldn't get sigourney weaver to come in newt yeah. is like the continuation of that who brings that like badass female energy to it you know i i I feel like that oh they could have done such cool stuff i haven't honestly alien and aliens and maybe some scenes of previous sequels is what i've seen so i haven't really delved too far into okay the sequels until they start hooking up with predator obviously yeah yeah i've seen like avp and stuff but that's about it i have a soft spot in my heart for avp requiem just because of how balls out like violent it is and like the gore in it is actually really satisfying and stuff especially some of the face melting stuff i'm just like holy shit like i remember seeing that in theaters and being like oh this is kind of like i think i'm the only one in this theater that's on board with this movie just for those (laughs) factors alone and kind of the hybrid alien predator thing i was like this is pretty cool too like it has good ideas to it but yeah i mean newt was supposed to be the retiring point for ripley eventually Mm-hmm. And, and and could have been honestly if if they were smart they could have continued and have really great alien films but uh they kind of dropped the ball in the in the middle of that and uh, i i mean i'm on the side i don't like ripley's um a ridley's uh uh prequels i don't like either of them mm. uh, prometheus and covenant are both duds in my opinion yeah I don't mind Covenant because I think it's got some cool ideas, but anytime you put, like, you know, a magnifying glass to that storyline, it starts to mm. fall apart pretty quickly. It's, yeah. The homoerotic stuff between David and David is great. <laughs> like, that stuff's, like, like, like the, 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 the flute, the pan flute part where there is so homoerotic and it's so funny. Because I don't even think Ripley even looks, uh, Ridley even looks at like at it like that, but it really is like it's like almost like a masturbation scene, um, and then they completely don't use Amy Simons correctly whatsoever. Yeah, and I was just like, like this cast is so good in Covenant, and it's just like, oh, what a dud. But oh my god, getting back to it, the cast in Aliens is uh is so deep but probably not at the time of, of the release in 86 uh none of these no. guys were like huge stars or or or, or girls in this or, or were huge stars but oh man i love the cast in this movie oh yeah you go through the cast and you're like these are all people who nowadays are really famous but we'll add two to the whole alien franchise thing i think probably the best alien thing to happen in the last like 10 20 years is probably the video game alien isolation yeah um, yeah i would agree if you play that i mean it pretty much i think it's set between alien and aliens uh and it follows uh ripley's daughter and i mean that's that's a really good continuation of the story a video game not a movie but still it's cinematic enough and you know respects the story well enough that if you play that you'll you'll get a very good idea of like the story and all that so yeah sadly one of the best things we've got is probably a video game yeah well actually and marvel's uh, currently doing a comic book continuation that's actually i'm enjoying quite a bit Mm. interesting but uh yeah um 
first time we watched this? When was the first time you both watched Aliens? Oh, wow. I've seen it so many times that it's really, it's hard to, I, I think it was probably at my aunt's house who had all, like just all the movies and is responsible for me, my love for movies really and my collecting of them. Uh, I, I think it was at her house that I watched it and it is it is such a, a well-paced and, and phenomenal film with like really great suspenseful reveals and stuff like that, classic lines. Um, like I, I remember being immediately in love with this film. Uh, and it, you know, honestly, it, it, it speaks to a 10 year old kid. You know what I mean? Like it has, it, it, it just, it, it speaks in our language of action figures and, 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 and like He-Man cartoons and all that kind of stuff. Like it just really plays into exactly like it knows that it's going to be successful in the minds of a lot of different people because it really kind of is a hybrid film but at the heart of it it is this driven action film as only james cameron knows how to produce at this point which is really crazy because he's at this time he's also working for another studio finishing up terminator while he's doing pre-production on aliens which is completely unheard of yeah uh, it, at that time, uh, it, it's more, uh, it, there's more sharing nowadays, but at that time, hell no. Like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Because they basically he showed the Fox people like his progress on, on Terminator. And like, that's amazing. Do you want to do aliens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, smart move. Yeah. And, you know, worth noting that, yeah, I mean, uh, when he took over Alien from Ridley Scott, like, you know, it's very rare that you get a director, you know, take picking up a project almost like what ten years after the original. Mm -hmm. Like, it it's so interesting that like I think nowadays it's a little more common. I think, but back in like the seventies and eighties, to have something like that must have been so weird because they were so used to tr uh, sequels coming out like a year or two after the original mm -hmm. release. Now, yeah. Like now we're you know they'll be like, hey, remember this movie from two thousand and six? We're making a direct sequel to it. You're like, yeah, ah, what? But and O'Bannon and, Sh and Shusit weren't involved in it besides being credited for their characters. Yeah. So it's like a completely. I mean, it's Cameron, uh, David Geiler, and uh, Walter Hill. Walter Hill is the writer on it as well. I mean, yeah. Who like? I mean, Walter Hill is one of those. Uh, those great filmmakers to me he's made some some duds that i still love but like i mean the warriors come on yeah yeah i think he also did some work on alien 3 but uh, that probably got so yeah. muddled that you know yeah I, I i think i think there was just like so many cooks in the kitchen on that film by by the time that it went to screen that there is prob there has to be like 10 different people involved in that one yeah Ugh, i'm more in for the alien series that could have been yeah 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 it, it, it's really it's a really fascinating thing to think about the 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 multiple splinters in in the in the possible timeline on on, on the story of ripley and like even when you look at you try to plot out her timeline of life it gets so fucking convoluted so quickly mm -hmm. yeah what about you taylor when did you first watch aliens um, all the way through in one go for the podcast, but I think before that, uh, Alien and 
I mostly just aliens. I think I'm more easily able to separate the Predator movies because I feel like they came a little later, at least mm-hmm. when I watched them. But Alien to me is kind of one of those series that I have seen bits and pieces of throughout my whole life, basically. And so I can never quite remember which belongs to which movie, like from the scenes. Like um, when she comes out in that mech thing right at the end. Oh, mm-hmm. I fucking love that so much. But uh, before I did a full rewatch, well, I we... I don't think I was on the aliens, uh, the first alien episode, because I was sick that week. But uh, when I did a rewatch then and then now, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy just how much has kind of blended together between the the two movies. So mm-hmm. this this aliens I watched in its entirety uh, for for this podcast. So nice. yeah, and now I have to. I even though I feel like they they don't do the first two justice, I feel like I have to go through and watch all how many are there related movies like a billion of them now <laughs> well they go well okay if you're gonna include the avp series in it you have to include predator and predator yes. 2 yes. uh so yeah you're gonna go alien aliens Pre- and predator i believe was the same year as uh, or maybe the year before aliens uh and then predator 2 and then uh alien 3 and then alien resurrection and then AVP, and then AVP Requiem, and then Predators, and then The Predator, or no, and then Prometheus, and then Alien Covenant, and then The Predator. <laughs> I think cool. I got them all in there, actually. So yeah. I'll get through them all in about a month or two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's going to be some that it's going to probably stop your momentum there. <laughs> well, yeah. I probably won't go so far down the Alien <laughs> sequels, but... We'll I, mean, I still, I, I'm probably gonna get shit over this, but Requiem was fun. Yeah, I think uh, the the one movie that always stops me, and I'm like, eh, there's a lot of issues is uh, Predator Two. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Danny Glover and his Danny like, Glover fights. But, but they're they're you know it's funny because uh, you know Alien and Aliens are you know Alien being a horror movie and Aliens being more of a, an action like a military action film. Mm-hmm. Um, Predator and Predator Two are very much like similar in that they're both like st- kind of strictly action films, but it's just the setting. You just go from the jungle to the concrete jungle uh, of the city landscape, <laughs> so they're like it, it, it's quite it's it, it's kind of similar. Uh, I maybe there, there's more of a, a, a mystery and um, exposition in, in Predator Two, especially because that's where that's the first um, inkling that the 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 worlds are connected. Yeah, there's uh, an alien skull in yes. Predator 2. Uh, also, it's Gary Busey being insane. <laughs> he has a great death scene in that movie, though. He does. And it has Bill Paxton, who obviously is in Aliens as well. So, Have you guys seen the interview where they ask... It's like an on-set interview with Gary Busey. On, uh, I think I retweeted it um, on uh, Predator 2. And they're asking him what it's about. And he's... Oh. It's just it's strict insanity. It is just fucking crazy. And apparently, uh, all that craziness comes from that uh, Gary Busey was in like a motorcycle accident, and he had like a he has a metal plate in his head, yeah. and it like changed his personality. Like he just oh, kind of spun off of the earth, and yeah. he just lives somewhere in the stratosphere in his mind, and he is just an insane person, uh, which is. Which makes me appreciate his cameos on on uh, entourages himself so much more. Yeah, <laughs> I was there's this new uh, Hitman game, and he somehow makes an appearance in it. You're like, what? Oh my God! 
Yeah. It's, oh my it's god! Never, you can't script the guy. You can't hand the guy a script. I think. No. No. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure his son was in Nazis at the Center of the Earth, which is the only film. Well, possible. Yeah. His Possibly. Son, his son was also in uh, Predators. The, yep. Yeah. I mean. Yep. Starship Troopers. Yeah. He's Jake Busey's had a really interesting and varied career. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, Identity, he's a serial killer in Identity, the James Mangold film at, like, a mm. motel, which I really dug. I, there's a lot of people that aren't too uh, high on that film, but um, I, I like James Mangold as a filmmaker quite a bit, uh, which, I mean, totally veering completely off topic, but also another huge franchise. I'm excited for Indiana Jones, just because yeah. Mangold is the guy behind it. And Wait, seeing I missed this... news. Is there a new Indiana Jones? Yeah, they're filming out? right now. They're filming oh, right man. now. Yeah, yeah. I, there's set pictures of Indiana Jones in uh, of Harrison Ford in the in the costume, and I'm like, yay! Like, I, I don't care. I you know, King of the Crystal Skull didn't completely sour me on Indiana Jones. I still want more. You know, so yeah. and man, Harrison Ford's coming back for all his old roles. Yeah, yeah. and your villain is Mads Mikkelsen in this. So Ooh. yeah. Maybe we'll I'm do on a, board. Maybe we'll do a Gary Busey double feature one day, Predator 2 and Silver Bullet. Oh, nice. He's, you know, he's so endearing in, in Silver Bullet. He yes. really is. Like, he's, he's the fun uncle. And um, <laughs> especially, like, at the time that I saw that, I was probably roughly around the same age that I was when I saw Aliens. And I just, uh, I mean, Corey Haim was such a conduit for young kids watching movies like we like him Corey feldman sean astin and stuff like that we all like that was our that was like our representation of ourselves in in movies and stuff like mm -hmm. that and there's something about silver bullet that is just so great and it's got everett mcgill from from twin peaks uh, who is so great in that movie and a really cool werewolf transformation which uh, should be a theme on this uh, on this podcast of great transformations yeah <laughs> does he play so the the pastor Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, yeah that that would be an uh, interesting movie. I've rewatched that movie a few times, and it's such a weird movie, but yeah, it's so endearing at the same time didn't, too. Didn't Lewis Teague do that one? Who did a lot of Stephen King adaptations? That one. It's either him or Mick Garris or it was somebody Dan that's Daniel Atreus. Oh shit! Who moved on to do a lot of TV? Who did like um, Sopranos yeah. and, and stuff like that? Yeah, that yeah. interesting. Yeah, because he didn't do a lot of movies no. um, later on. He went to television and did a really great job for a lot of HBO shows. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Go watch Silver Bullet. <laughs> Hell yeah! But we're um, talking Alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back to Alien. Uh, or uh, the first time I watched it was oh god, this was. I must have been like eight, seven or eight, and uh, we had like a family that we'd go visit, and they had uh, it was up in like some cabin, and they had a VHS player, and they only had like three VHSs, and one of them was Alien. So when we go up there, parents would all be getting drunk, and we would just put on Aliens, and we were way too young. But I mean, who cares? <laughs> you, you know, scare yourself a little too much. Uh, but yeah, no, and I definitely have very fun memories of watching it, and like, you know, definitely, there's a lot of quotable lines in this movie, and especially when you're like, yeah, eight years old, uh, you know, you just start, uh, you know, asking people, have you ever been mistaken for a man? 
you know, like, just so many stupid quotes that I think at that right age, I was like, yeah, this, this movie's definitely planting itself in my brain. Uh, and I've rewatched it a few times. Now it's on Disney Plus and I think on Crave as well. So I've, now that it's more readily available, I've been mm -hmm. watching it way more than uh, I used to. But, uh, yeah. Uh, got some emails here. Uh, Davis says, I don't think Aliens is a horror movie. Nothing in it really scares me. Sorry. Well, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> it's got mon it, like because horror can be lumped in with like monster movies. It's a it's a monster movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I you, there are definitely still some off. some horror aspects. Yeah, especially when you're seeing like all the all the sets they put together of the eggs and the aliens yeah. rushing at the screen. There was a really good shot of when the dropship crashes, and the, it looks like they maybe just have like a giant screen set up. Mm -hmm. um, to play the crash behind them, but the way that they film it looks so good, and it looks so scary, like there there's actually a ship about to crash into them. Um, so and I, I definitely, too. I definitely understand though maybe what David is getting at because compared to the first one, there is a different feel to it. Obviously, there's two different directors, so maybe that contributes. But I like I find the more military focus of this one uh, is. I don't know. Maybe it takes away some of that worry because there's a bunch of guys with big guns. So maybe that kind of does a little bit to take away from it. Whereas in the first movie, it's just kind of a bunch of random crew members, you know? Well, I think um, part of it too is that like the movie starts off, you, you've got these guys with tons of weapons and guns and they're as prepared as humanly possible. They're like, yeah, just go for a bug hunt. No big deal. And then they all get wasted. Like, mm -hmm. the only two remaining people at the end of the movie are uh, Ripley and Newt. Well, I guess um, Hicks as well. Uh, and I, I think the horror comes from the realization that they're not prepared. And over the mm -hmm. movie, you realize, like, they are not equipped to handle this threat. So, yeah, I, I you know, I don't know. I don't agree that it's not scary. Cause I think the, the horror comes from the realization that, yeah, they are not prepared to handle these aliens and you see them get picked off one by one very quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and then you got like the alien queen at the end. Who's just like, that's a pretty badass fight at the end. And, you know, even for Ripley, like she's barely surviving at certain points against the, the queen. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's not scary for me cause I've seen it probably like mm -hmm. 15 times, but <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think yeah. that that should be a prerequisite if it's called horror. If it if it scared you, because yeah. I mean, Truth or Dare is considered a horror film. Oh, well, it's one of the greatest <laughs> horror films. Of generation, <laughs> it's like a trigger button. I'm just like, boop, Truth or Dare. Oh man, I will, <laughs> I will defend that movie. Every, and they're yo, they're yo, they're yo play smiles. <laughs> oh. You know, the scene, too, where they're in... I can't remember exactly where they are, but they're watching the ammo uh, mm -hmm. as their guns are shooting the aliens and the ammo is slowly draining. Yeah. That it's was a really good, it's like, scary scene for me. It's, yeah, yes. like... Yeah, yeah it, it's survival horror, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know that none, none of the sites, uh, you know, address it as being a horror. It's really a sci-fi fantasy action, but there are... I, I mean, he is still drawing on elements of peril, um which which can be attributed to that i mean this all branches off of ridley scott's film which was a sci-fi horror film so it is a hybrid or or 
basically making something subversive of that. So it still has to have an element at its heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just think, too, that like that one woman on Twitter that said that uh, Alien wasn't a horror oh, movie. Oh, God. I just think maybe she changed her name to David, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she got ratioed like a motherfucker, though. That was pretty funny, actually. I just like, I that. even jumped in. I think we both jumped in on that one. Yeah. It's like, what the, what the fuck are you talking it's about? Just... Yeah. Well, fuck. people writing for The Guardian. That's all I got to say. Well, yeah. <laughs> Some people are like, hey, if I say something really inciting, mm-hmm. that's going to get attention. It's like, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe not the attention you want. Not exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it is a horror movie. I, I mean, yeah, to separate it like from what scares you and if it's a horror movie. I mean, yeah, it might not scare you. I, I don't think the movie really scares me that much anymore, but it's mainly because I've seen it so many times. But I think, is it a horror movie? Yeah, I think it is. And I think... It's a horror movie more so in the second and third acts when you start to realize that these uh, Marines are not fully like prepared for what's ahead of them. But I don't know. I, I think... kind of say the opposite almost. Like I feel like the last act especially, maybe it's just because of the, the cut that I watched, but mm. they were just kind of, it was mostly action. Like It was mostly them running to and from places with guns and trying to shoot the aliens. And it was less mm. so... It was a little, even though there were moments where it was a little suspenseful, for some reason for me, it just didn't feel the same way as the beginning of the movie when they hadn't quite gone in yet. But once once, uh, Ripley goes in for like the third time, you know she's going to make it, you know she's going to come out, right? So it's it's not quite, it's not quite to me as, as horrific in the last act as it was in the first ones because it it felt like we maybe knew a little bit more and and i mean ripley is action movie hero girl right she's gonna run in and get the job done because she's fucking ripley so so yeah i think we we just need some more action in our horror movies i'm all for it like (laughs) like i i'm that's not something i would shy away from i think we could use some more of it so i don't know i uh I, That's just a ringing endorsement for the Dream Master, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one at one point, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I there's yeah, there's so much to talk between Dream Warriors and Dream Masters. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay says all-time banger, one of the few movies I can watch, and without knowing where we're at in the runtime, I know exactly how much time is left. Mm-hmm. I can I totally get that like you know mm-hmm. I know for instance like Burke locks him in with a face hugger I'm like I know how much time we have left in this movie yep <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah because it's it, it's it's just one of those like muscle memory movies honestly like yeah. at this point uh especially like kids of the 80s and early 90s and everything we just aliens is one of those like staple films um, especially if you're, you, you know, you were raised on movies and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those ones where you almost know the script and the shooting notes and stuff. Totally. Also, yeah. I love how surprisingly anti-corporate these movies are a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it's mostly mm-hmm. just with the characters themselves being shit. Like, yeah. like in Burke and in, in the first movie, I can't remember what the Android's name was. I like that in this Bishop. one too, they, they didn't make, um... They didn't make the android character the evil guy. They kind of nope. used him as a red herring a little bit, and I, I liked that because it wasn't just like, you know, pulling the same plot points. Um, yeah. And 
fuck Burke. Holy, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I appreciated when he was dead. <laughs> well, and it, it's funny because because Bishop starts to it becomes the android conduit for the entire, even through into the uh, the AVP movies, um, kind of becomes that conduit of um, a good guy, yet but yet um, incredibly attached to the uh, Whale uh, and Yutani uh, company name, corporate name, uh, while uh, uh, Ian Holmes' Ash is the means to the end for Wayland Yutani as well. Like he's this of the same program. David is of the same program. Yeah. And uh, just how different all three of those characters are. I mean, Ash is like a company man that, you know, will sacrifice himself for the greater good of Wayland Yutani. And Bishop becomes more um, in tune with his crew and protecting his crew and serving the crew. And then David's programming essentially breaks and he starts to figure he starts to want to know the secrets of the universe to become almost like a godly level type thing so it's it's so fascinating how different that these ai uh brain structures are throughout this entire franchise yeah believe with burke too he is really likable for most of the movie like until he turns slimy yeah like i think if you watch this for the first time not knowing that he turns evil like you know, he tells Ripley at a certain point too, like, "I'm hey, I'm not that bad of a guy," and you're like, "I, I gotta believe you." And then it's only later when you're like, "Yeah, you're full of shit. You're just like a little squirmer." But well, it's it's, it's like what it, it's like the the separation uh, of who you are in in just regular situations, and then high pressure and deadly situations. How you're, um, how you're personality changes how your motivations change and how how selfish you become mm-hmm. oh i mean burke was definitely selfish from the beginning because he sent those colony people out to check the drop like it was i'm pretty sure that was his command that uh mm-hmm. those those guys from the colony went out in the first place to even check that shit so yeah. I'm which pretty is sure the dumb decision kind of, yeah That's he, the he dumb was the, a, a bit of a slime ball from the beginning unfortunately and people mm-hmm. just didn't realize it but that's what makes his character so good too, is because by the time like you kind of piece all the pieces together, you're you're like, yeah, okay, he can go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gus says, can we talk about how fucking awesome James Horner's score is? I mean, it is really great. Uh, I I don't think this movie would be nearly as good if his score wasn't in it. His score mm-hmm. really is what kind of like drives the tension a lot of the times in the scene. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Horner has done a lot of uh, stuff. Uh, Titanic and Braveheart. So, pretty prominent uh, composer. But, I mean, also too. Yeah. Aliens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alien score is amazing. It's yeah. it's it's a go-to. I, I think every streaming platform that I've had, I, it's, it's in my library. Um because there's just such great cues in it. And honestly, I, I mean, with whatever issues that I have with James Cameron as a filmmaker kind of l- later on in his career and everything, um, there's some things that he's really masterful on, and score is a big one. He knows, I, I mean, Horner and him are like are, are like two peas in a pod. They know they know how to how to invoke the right emotions for the right scenes and stuff. And uh mm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I just, 
you know, when it comes to camera, I just think stuff like Titanic sours me a little bit because I wasn't the biggest fan of it. And um, the probably just the the oversaturation that Avatar gave us, even though it's it's an incredible experience in theaters. If if you got the whole 3D experience, like it's I, I think it's the best 3D experience I've ever had in a movie. Um, and it's just because Cameron kind of knows what the fuck he's doing. I, I There's no better way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, awards time. Best line. Ooh. There's a uh, bunch of good lines. Uh, game over, man. Game over. Yeah, I had that one too. I forgot that that line was from this movie. And I heard it and I was like, oh, game over, man. <laughs> I love Bill Paxton. I especially love young Bill Paxton. Um, I it's it's one of the biggest tragedies of the last ten years to lose right. him in a routine routine heart surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know anytime he appears on screen, I have a wistful feeling that I'm like, fuck, I miss him. Like yeah. even as a filmmaker, fra- uh, frailty that movie fucking rocks. Like yeah, like, he just went in for. I think he did some interview and he's like, yeah, I'm going for heart surgery tomorrow. No big yeah. deal. And then yeah, that mm-hmm. was it. So. Yeah. And any person that, like, on the anniversary of his death or just any time he gets brought up in an interview, anybody that's worked with Bill Paxton has, like, all of these incredible stories. And it always, like, oh, God, I miss Bill so much. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, like, like even, like, for, for, for like, like, like you and I, Kurt, that who, like, like, interviewing people, like, that's, like, an unobtainable bucket list interview is to interview Bill Paxton, especially with the effect in the films that he's been in and the effect that uh, those have had on our life. I mean, we've already covered Near Dark on here, yeah. which was, uh, a lot of praise was heaped on Bill Paxton for that as well. So, uh, I mean, yeah. anything that he appears in, where you just kind of zero in on his work. 100%. Um. Yeah, I went uh, with "Get Away from Her, You Bitch." I was like, "No, oh, that's a good one too." There's like, there's so many good ones. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, yeah, it's more of an action movie, I think. But I think lines like that really sort of kind of make you think, like, yeah, like this is more of an action movie, but it's it's got a like a certain level of excitement and sort of driven energy to it that you're like yeah like i'm in for this like it's just yeah so good um yeah uh, oh taylor did you have your favorite line those were the two that i had written down so i i love that <laughs> get away from her you bitch when she's like coming out in the fucking mech suit and full mama bear mode yeah that's that was one of my favorites nice Okay, uh, best performance. I put Burke, if only because I felt like I actually bought into him being a good guy, even though I know he he's a fucking piece of shit. But <laughs> I was like, you know what? I kind of buy that this guy could be a decent person. But it's kind of hard because you just know he's going to turn into a squirmy asshole eventually. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know, I just, I always feel like watching, I'm like, I kind of buy that this guy means well, or at least is trying to fool people to thinking that he means well when he really doesn't, but, yeah. Mm. 
I, I definitely, Sigourney Weaver is probably still at the top of my list, just because, I mean, Ripley is an iconic character, and I would like to be her one day. Um, but also the, is it the Hicks? Is that the, the soldier? They kind of have, a, like, a little mini romance. Um, yeah. I like the, the way that their characters played off of each other. Um, I liked that his character was kind of, like, he seemed like an actual leader, uh, as opposed to some of his other crew who were... I don't know, just just there to kill shit or scared of things or, you know, um, I liked that whole dynamic between them and that they were both kind of like their own independent badasses and they knew it. And that's kind of why they had that chemistry. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think I still have to go with Sigourney Weaver because oh, Ripley. Oh, Ripley. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Oh, I don't know. It's just. It, this it's like killing your darlings in this one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but I mean, yeah, Ripley really holds it down. She is the draw. Um. I. I. I my honorable mention is Lance Henriksen, though. Mm. Um. Especially like we talked earlier about just like the android intentions and everything. You're on the the fence with him for mm. for quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think the the end of the second and beginning of the third act really kind of solidifies you on him. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sigourney's so badass and and an icon, uh, yeah. and I I think the iconicness comes more from this movie than it did from Alien. Like this mm -hmm. is where she really shoulders into that tough tough position, mm -hmm. um, and and does it effortlessly and flawlessly mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah yeah i agree with you on bishop too because especially when he comes back in in the the last act he, he almost has his like hero movement and he and he saves newt too like as she's like sliding towards the big open hatch into space he like grabs her and you're like yeah fuck yeah bishop so yeah that was yeah, his character was really good too yeah um yeah, I also too. I mean, I know we could probably give like the entire cast of this this award because they're all great. But Bill Paxton also like, he, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I think he embodies so much of that like weaning confidence in this movie. Like, as shit's yeah. going down, he goes from being this cocky piece of shit to like being this guy who's just like freaking out. Like he has no idea mm -hmm. what to do. Like he personifies that so well. And I think mm -hmm. without that mm -hmm. performance, I think you wouldn't really be driving home that point that, yeah, they are all further ahead in terms of what they're doing. Yeah. Also, I, 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 oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I feel like we can't get out of this uh, without bringing up uh, Jeanette Goldstein as well. Um, Vasquez, who is like also like, like, like her and, and, and Ripley are like, um, like a shining beacon to to other uh, other women actors, other performers out there that like the, this is what a badass female looks, female character looks like, an unflinching like even in even in the heart of battle, like Vasquez is still incredibly badass. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I mean, I'd never seen her before this movie, mm -hmm. and I mean, she shows up in in Near Dark after and Terminator Two. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't sell that, that one short at all. I, it's like, again, it's so hard with it. Cause we didn't even bring up Michael Bean, who's really great as, as Corporal Hicks, mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Han as new, like this cast is so awesome. I, yeah. 
it, it, it's like you know your your opinion on who the best character is and who's doing the best job in this could change from time to time as you're watching it like even in the middle of watching it you're like oh no this is the best oh no no, no he's the best oh no no no, no mm-hmm. she's the best like it's just it, i guess that just shows how great this film is uh just entirely like it's a fucking masterpiece it really is yeah they they really let the actors get into their characters i think i even read somewhere that they let the actors uh customize their own or pick their own uh military outfit or something Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. everyone kind of got to customize something on their uh costume for the movie the like that they were gonna wear which i feel like like everyone just really got into their characters and 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 were allowed to become their own personalities as opposed to Mm -hmm. just being like this random group of military grunts you know Uh, which i feel like adds so much more like you get so much more invested in the story because you're more invested in these characters and what they're going to do yeah yeah the only thing with goldstein that for me is a little too distracting is the body paint that they put her in i'm like that just felt unnecessary like can't can't just throw in jeanette goldstein as is like yeah you have to like make her look more hispanic when she's not like it's just i don't know it's a little mm-hmm. weird it's the probably the weirdest thing in this movie that just doesn't make sense from a production standpoint i'm like jeanette goldstein mm-hmm. would have killed it as is i don't know why they had yeah to, you know i think it's a it's a sign of the time i think yeah i think it's just like a, a sign of the time and a sign of uh, how they did represent r- racial representation at the time like they were just mm-hmm. way more on the nose about it mm-hmm. um uh, but uh, before we get out of this, I also have to say that Adrian Biddle's cinematography is such a such a heavyweight in this as well. It almost operates as its own separate character, really. Because um, oh, there's just there's so many shots in this movie that you just like want to print out and put on your wall as like a just like a framed picture. Yeah. Uh, especially the reveal of the uh, of of the the queen behind Newt in the water oh. with the with the uh, the pinwheeling kind of shutter yes. um, strobe effect. Oh, another horror moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This movie is also shot in ways like a horror film as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not a horror movie. Though. It's actually <laughs> <best character. laughs> consistent um, argument. Yeah, best kill. <laughs> I went with Bishop. Just Bishop. I, yeah, I think it's the most interesting from like a visual standpoint. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good kills in this too. I think of like Vasquez in the yeah. vent. I always like that one too. Even but, though Burks is off screen, it's satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to um, go to that if I'm being honest though. I wanted to, say, <laughs> I wanted to follow up on that. A little bit. Yeah, really draw it out, you know? Um, I also liked, I can't remember which soldier gets it, but the acid, when they shoot the alien and it explodes on the other guy and he just gets doused in acid, basically, mm-hmm. and they just leave him like, oh, that would be gnarly. Yeah. Um, also, too, Alien Queen, when she gets, like, sucked down into space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baby pseudo death. <laughs> I don't know. Um, dumbest decision. I mean, Burke sending them out to the the site. Yeah, that was my dumb decision was going to be the company getting involved with alien that alien shit at all because they've known since the first distress signal in the first alien movie that there was some shit going on and they just keep sending people there <laughs> like they just I guess mm-hmm. 
I guess people are fodder to them. They don't care because they want to bring the alien back. But, like, that, come on. At some point, you're going to have to realize that they're, you're not going to get out of this. You're not going to get it intact. You're just going to keep killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of like... I guess uh, that, like, whole knife thing they do definitely does not seem like something that would be a smart thing to do. Like, I feel like somebody would lose a hand doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. This movie's largely not dumb, so... Yeah, I, I would almost say Ripley's decision to even go back out there was dumb, but she ends up kind of saving everyone at the end of the day, so maybe that was the least dumb decision. Yeah. Or not saving everyone, but she, she saves people. Also, like, maybe have a ship that can, like, scan if there's some other organism attached to it when you fly off. That would probably be a good idea. <laughs> I liked that little machine, the little, uh... Is it like a movement sensor or something that they have to detect? Mm. I, I I really liked that that effect of like you could hear it sometimes in the background too, just pigging very very quietly. It was very unsettling. It was really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you could also say when Vasquez shoots the alien and then the acid spurts out and kills the one dude, but they didn't. Well, I guess they probably didn't know because I think Ripley told them that there was acid for blood, so. They, they should they should have known, but they're they're marines. They probably were not quite thinking about that all the way through. Yeah, hazards of the job. Yeah, sometimes you gotta shoot, and acid blood comes out. No big deal. <laughs> Any other dumb decisions? I mean, I would say going into uh, the when they go in with the big guns, and then Ripley's got to be like, "Yo, you're basically underneath like a nuclear." reactor mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. maybe maybe doing a quick scan into where you're going into first uh before you go in with giant guns because that left them in a bad situation yeah but i don't know i don't know how much foresight they really like realistically could have got on that so i don't know how dumb that was but mm. cool uh i think it's time to give this a score uh 10 out of 10 for me 10 out of 10 baby yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be a little bit different here. I I have to say I I found a little issue with how long this movie was, especially mm. towards the end, when it's kind of just Ripley running between different places trying to save people. Um, it gets a little repetitive in my opinion. Um, but obviously I I also don't know which version of it I watched because I think I watched the ones that has all the extra scenes added back in, which might add to the runtime. I'm not quite sure. Um, but it felt a little bit long to me. But other than that, um, uh, it was just like a good fucking movie. Like, it's just a good action flick. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go quite as high as a 10. I might actually go with an 8. I don't know how mad everyone's going to be at me for that. But I think that's my score. Yeah. <laughs> I think the director's cut is like around 17 minutes longer than the original runtime. Yeah, it's a two two and a half hours was what I watched. Okay, yeah, so. that would have been the director's cut. Yeah, the, that is. The theatrical cuts are like around two hours and 17 minutes. There's not really too much added. I think, like, the big thing is, like, you get a little bit more before uh, the attack on the colony. So you get, like, a little bit more of, like, Newt and her family and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think you get some extra exposition, too, around Ripley and her daughter and... Um, 
there was one other thing and now I'm forgetting, which which really does add to Ripley's character. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like if they took out the scene of her, like, realizing her daughter had passed and things like that, mm. you wouldn't quite get the same mama bear energy at the end, which really, like, makes you root for her and her character and and mm. really adds to her wanting to save Newt, too, right? Like, there's a whole extra motivation there. Yeah. So I'm definitely glad I watched the version I did, but towards the end, it definitely got a little just pure action for me. And I'm because I'm just not always a super action movie person. I think that maybe just took away from it a little bit. But that's the only bad thing I can say about this movie, because everything else was so good, like the continuation of the story uh, and the characters and each character kind of having their own thing going on. Like, I just loved all that shit. So yeah. all, all the rest was good in my books. I think also Kurt and I are probably like indoctrinated with a bit of the like the nostalgia and as and <laughs> the time that we discovered it too, the age of what we discovered it, where it just kind of worked exactly into mm-hmm. what drew us to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when you discover this movie uh, as an adult, it, it probably doesn't have that exact same. Um, it doesn't hit the same, but technically as cinema as far as cinema goes it's impeccable and i think you have to appreciate that at the end of the day yeah well and it's interesting too because at this point in my life too i have just seen kind of other alien movies not alien the franchise but like Mm -hmm. similar themes and i feel like back then when like this movie first came out i don't know if there was movies that were doing the same thing you know so i completely understand that i mean i i've seen movies like cloverfield where there's Mm. a giant i guess it's not technically an alien because it came from earth but like giant creatures and and scary monsters right so Mm. maybe i've just been a little desensitized to that aspect of it too which i feel like lends so much to the alien franchises the alien itself is fucking terrifying right yeah. like yeah. the idea of being like implanted with this embryo that bursts from your chest while you're still alive is absolutely <laughs> horrifying to me yeah. you know yeah. um and i think if i had seen that more as a kid it probably would have impacted me a little bit more but even now as an adult like there's still just good terrifying movies that yeah. leave you feeling very exposed sometimes <laughs> Well, what's crazy is probably a lot of the films that that may have kind of like burnt you out on on like the action elements that kind of made it tiresome for you in the in in the last part is all the films the the we watch were influenced by this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean yeah. that's what that's what's crazy too, right? Because a lot of the films that are made uh, almost like like post 96 and stuff like that are all kind of drawing off of a, an uh, an almost unattainable element that aliens has uh which was very lightning in a bottle yeah um, that's and, and trying yeah. to replicate that or like getting into film because i want to make a film like aliens yeah you know so that's yeah. the thing too like there's also the realization that like unfortunately with aliens like that's kind of the peak for the franchise. I mean, yeah, there's mm-hmm. some that are better than others, but for the most part, like Alien, Aliens, yeah. and then it just kind of goes downhill from there. Yeah, absolutely. I would I absolutely mean, yeah. agree with that. By the time you get to Alien versus Predator, it's basically romance. <laughs> 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 it's just, I don't know, it's unfortunate to, like, watch this, and in my mind, like, I know these movies never got better, or well, not necessarily better, but kept their quality. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I wonder what Alien 3 is like. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, I've seen Alien 3. It's terrible. What am I thinking? Like, it's it's just, I think it kind of dampens these movies a little bit, knowing that out of all the movies in the franchise, these two, Alien and Aliens, are sort of 
the, as good as it gets, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I wonder if that's part of it, too. Like, the idea that, like, yeah, this is it. It's not like some franchises where you think, like, oh, I can go watch a bunch more of these. And then, you know, there's maybe some that are not great, but some of them are good. It, it, it gets largely pretty flaccid after this. So, yeah, I think I think I still have a slight preference for the first Alien just because it maybe was a little less action and more sci-fi, maybe even. Um, yeah. Whereas this one had a very big like uh, military themes going through it, but I mean they're just both still like these are both still perfectly they're rewatchable. I if I'm going to watch Alien, I'm also going to want to watch Aliens right after, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is like some good stuff. Even the director's cut. Uh, one scene I always like in the director's cut is the stuff with uh, Hicks and uh, Ripley when they have their little mm-hmm. little moment at the end there. Uh, you know, I don't know. It it's lightning in a bottle almost. Absolutely. Who knows, Michael uh, or not Michael Bay? Goddamn, no, Michael Bay never better touch this franchise ever. Don't touch but, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna say James Cameron. He's working for Disney now with Avatar, and they own mm-hmm. Alien. I'm just saying, give him Alien, <laughs> get him to make a proper sequel to Aliens. I would uh, eat that up. So, yeah, I would like it much better than uh, than Ridley's uh, religious allegory stuff that he's been doing. <laughs> I think they're saying he's not even like. There's rumors that they're making a new Alien movie, which I wouldn't put it past Disney. Like. Any cash cow that they can melt for all of its worth, they'll do exactly that. But uh, yeah, I I would imagine they're they're gonna send them to the same food court as George Lucas to you know eat their sorrow away. Um, but yeah, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yes, yeah. you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead, and uh, I'm also on Letterbox as well. I'm I'm a little bit behind on updating that one uh you can find my website stevestebbing.ca and uh i am also on uh the shift with shane hewitt uh on thursdays at 11 p.m pacific uh which is the number one talk show nationwide yeah nice yeah it's it's the only shift uh that we should listen to yeah goddamn right (laughs) kayla I just really hope that their show comes out and just bombs like within like a couple of weeks or a couple of months. No. And they're just like, no, it's it's Toronto sports media, so it'll survive forever and it'll bury every other sports media in the country, and it'll just be nothing but basketball or uh, Toronto Raptors players. Yeah, sports- <laughs> that's all the commercial is. It seems it's just. It's just a whole bunch of Toronto Raptors and then like maybe a little bit of Toronto Blue Jays. But yeah, it's like there's only sports in Toronto. You have to remember that in Canada. We don't have any other sports teams across Canada at all. It's only Toronto. Yeah. And uh, that's the only thing they have going for them in Toronto, too, because you go there. It is a boring city. So, yeah. Shade. Yeah. And they have uh, they have a they have a hockey team that constantly needs the Heimlich maneuver. I mean, let's not bring up hockey teams living in Vancouver, though, maybe. Uh, that's fair, but at least we don't choke in the playoffs so badly. <laughs> True. No, we just we just set the whole city on fire when uh, we don't win, that's all. Yeah. Ten years, baby, ten years. <laughs> I remember that happened, like, the 
day I was graduating from university, I went out to like go party and they were like, you gotta go. I'm like, what are you kidding? I graduated. I'm gonna party it up. They're like, no, the city's on fire. You gotta go. Yeah, they're flipping cars and shit. Yeah, yeah my, my mom was downtown at the time and I was working and I was texting her being like, oh, make sure you're careful. There's shit going down. And she's like, oh, I'm just getting gelato. And like, it wasn't a big deal at all. She didn't even come across any of it, I'm pretty sure. But like, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Turned into... Um... Oh god, that uh, New York movie with um, McCready, Kurt Russell. Oh, Escape, Escape from, from New York? York? Yeah. Snake Plissken? Yeah. Turned Hell into, yeah. Turned into that. Hell yeah. Cool. I love that movie. Oh, I don't know if we could ever cover that on here. I don't know if no, it's No, it's too sci-fi. It's yeah. it's not a horror. It's not horror at all. Yeah. It's sci-fi. It's I mean, like we we couldn't cover it just cuz it's John Carpenter cuz we might as well cover Elvis then. <laughs> <laughs> But go check out Escape from New York. That movie rules. Hell um, yes. Cool. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Not too many places. I had so many plans for 2021 and it's like half over and I haven't done any of them. Uh, but <laughs> if I do end up doing any of those, you can catch up with them on my blog, which is circeanic.home.blog. And circeanic is also my username pretty much everywhere else on social media, mostly Twitter and Instagram. Nice. Uh, I'm over on Letterboxd, Film Critic Kurt. I do try to update it regularly. Uh, I do have some reviews up. Why are my, what are my recent reviews? I re-reviewed Poltergeist 3, which I don't hate, despite what other people may think. Uh, I saw Dave the Beast and Evil Speak for Lost Driving, and I saw the Hitman Wife's Bodyguard, which, it wasn't that great, but, uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. No. <laughs> I it's not as good the as the ending. One. The ending, I I was I laughed a handful of times in the movie, and that the the last line in the movie, I laughed really hard. So yeah, I was like, good enough. I don't think it's a tra uh, spoiler, but the fact that they they make fun of the fact that like Morgan Freeman is Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> dad, and you're like, and then they're like, the, that <laughs> doesn't add up. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It doesn't movie great. land. Salma's great in that movie. Yes. Well, I also did see In the Heights, which I thought was really fantastic. It's a little long, but one of the best musicals you'll watch. Uh, and it's got that yeah, like, I see it. Hamilton charm that yeah. uh, I think people might like. But don't go watch Awake or Infinite. I've seen both of those, and they're terrible movies. I didn't see Infinite, but Awake, I was laughing so many different times because everyone gets so erratic in that movie, and it's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. It's the new Bird Box. I think if we oh, wanted to Bird torture Box. ourselves, we could do a pairing of Awake and Bird Box and just hate Yes, ourselves. let's do it. Let's do it. Just because it would be fun. It would be fun to do. And... I would do that, and I've read Bird Box the book, so I could have okay. some insights on the movie. Because the movie, ugh. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, not a good movie. I, I mean, yeah. I'm sure some people might have better, different opinions, but... I I watched Bird Box and I was like I don't get why this is so popular like this is terrible. Uh, Holy it was because popular. Honestly, I it like at the when it before it came out I think maybe because people book everyone was so hyped for it and they were like oh yeah Bird Box I'm so excited I think it was riding a little bit of coattails from A Quiet Place because A Quiet Place didn't have sound whereas Bird Box was like oh there's no sight but like. I feel like it's so hard to do the concept of the book as a movie because there, I think there are things that rely on you not seeing things. 
yeah. kind of the way that the characters do in the book. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching the characters in the movie, you're still seeing things when... I don't know. Like, I feel like they could have done it in a smarter way. But totally. whatever. Whatever. But, I'm not uh, bitter about it or anything. Yeah. One day I would like to talk about Poltergeist 3, even though I know a lot of people don't like that movie. I'm willing to go to bat for Poltergeist 3. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and then 3 Got pl- uh, podcast and other stuff going up almost every other day so go check that out until next time everybody bye for now